At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. We invite you to join us for our series, Habits, Ancient Practices for Today's World, where we'll learn to reject culture's endless stream of quick fixes for God's time-tested truth. Together, we'll rediscover age-old practices that draw us to Him, where true satisfaction awaits. All right, we're continuing this sermon series that we've titled Habits. Um, Just a few weeks that we're taking, um, looking at a few different spiritual disciplines. We set aside 15 of them that the campus pastors could choose from. Um, And the first week, uh, Jim, one of our elders here, spoke about prayer. Last week, I spoke about God's guidance. And this week, I want to speak to us about service, the discipline of service within the body of Christ. Um, And in order to do that, I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. So if you have a Bible and want to follow along, just turn to the very end of the book of Revelation and then start turning to your left, and you'll pretty quickly hit 1 Peter, um, or 1 Peter, as it says. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. The apostle Peter was Jesus' closest sidekick, um, his closest disciple, and um, this is now several decades later after Jesus rose from the grave, after the church received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Peter is writing to churches that have now been planted across the Middle East. He's been a part of these churches at one time, but he's been sent back out and now is writing to these churches to give them further instruction in the gospel, um, to put it down on paper, um, God's will for what the life of the church is to look like and how they are to relate with the world as God's sojourners on earth. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, he has couple of short but important verses as it relates to God's call on our lives to serve. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Brothers and sisters, hear the words of our God. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God and whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, all of this in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if you go on the internet and research how not to feel tired, then you'll find all sorts of medical experts giving recommendations on how to fight fatigue. So this is something that I've read quite a bit about over the last several years because I noticed that as I emerged out of high school and out of college into my professional career that I did not have the energy that I used to have. And I would just feel tired all day. And it was weird because since college anyway, I hadn't had a physically demanding job. So why am I so tired all day, all the time? So I began to research and try to figure this out. Well, you quickly learn that one of the most common, if not the most common pieces of advice 
for fighting fatigue is exercise. Now, this is ironic, right? Because normally when you're feeling tired, you think, well, I need to get rest. But the truth is that you need the opposite of rest. You need activity. Because our bodies are designed to move. And if our lifestyles don't include this heart-pumping, blood-flowing, oxygen-consuming movement, then it settles into this state of diminished energy, of lethargy, of feeling tired all the time. So it sounds a bit counterintuitive, but energy comes from exertion. Energy comes from exerting energy. And there's a spiritual analogy to this principle as well. As followers of Christ, we are called to an active service in the body of Christ. We are called to a life of active service in the body of Christ. So as the body of Christ, we are designed to actively serve one another within the body of Christ. And if not, if we're not exerting ourselves in this purposeful service, then we become lethargic, stagnant, drowsy, and spiritual fatigue sets in. And as I said, in order to look more closely at God's call on our lives to serve, we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. In these verses, again, Peter is writing to several churches across the Middle East just after Jesus' resurrection, and he's writing in order to give direction for how to faithfully follow Christ. And specifically, in chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, he's focusing on God's call for us to serve. So in this text, we're going to see three directions for fulfilling our role as servants of God. Three directions for fulfilling our role as servants of God. So first... Realize that God gifts each of his people. Realize that God gifts each of his people. So look back at chapter 4, verse 10. Just this first little phrase here. Peter writes, As each has received a gift. So as the apostle begins his instruction on service, he makes this brief but important acknowledgement that each has received a gift. In other words, each follower of Christ has been gifted to serve the body of Christ and contribute to the mission of Christ. So no Christian is exempt from service in the kingdom of God because every Christian has been gifted to serve for the kingdom of God. And so it doesn't mean that every Christ follower is going to serve others in the same way. As we'll see in a minute, God gifts his people for service in a variety of ways. No, we don't all have the same gift, but we do have a gift of some sort. As each has received a gift. Peter says, use it to serve. So listen to how the Apostle Paul makes this same point in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He says this to the Corinthians. He says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Everyone, each one who has received the Spirit of God by faith in Christ has been gifted by the Spirit of God to serve Christ and to serve the body of Christ, the church. 
So if you go to the Detroit Symphony Orchestra and witness one of their concerts, then you are going to see and hear some people who are gifted musicians. And if you go to Ford Field and watch a Lions game, despite their reputation for not doing as well as we'd like, but if you go to Ford Field and watch a Lions game, you are going to see some gifted athletes. But it's true that not each of us has received the gift to contribute to the success of a DSO concert. And not each of us has received the gift to contribute to the success of a Lions football game. Only a very few gifted people belong on that concert stage or on that football field. That's why at the DSO concert hall, the stage is relatively small compared to the audience seating area. And though a football field is pretty big, still, compared to the bleacher area, the field at Ford Field is smaller because most of us just need to sit and enjoy the gifts of those musicians. Most of us just need to sit and be spectators of those gifted athletes because we are not gifted to be involved, to get in the action there. But you see, it is wildly different when it comes to serving God and our part in the mission of God. Each of us who is in Christ by faith has received a gift or gifts in order to play a part in God's work in the world. Christianity is not a spectator sport. God has not called us to be fans and just cheer on the really gifted people. So Christian, do you realize that God has gifted you to serve, to minister within the body of Christ? Do you realize that in gifting you, God is thus calling you to get on the playing field, to get involved? Do you realize this? Or are you just spectating? Do you realize this, or are you just sitting back watching, enjoying the gifts of everybody else? Realize that God gifts each of his people to serve. Secondly, this leads right into the apostle's next point. His first point was that we realize that we're gifted to serve. His next point is to utilize your gifts. So realize you're gifted and utilize your gifts for the common good. So look again at verses 10 through 11. He says, as each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as God's stewards of his varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. So now Peter gives this explicit command as each has received a gift, use it, use your gift to serve one another. So Peter is talking to Christians here. He's addressed his letter to numerous churches. So when he says serve one another, he's talking about Christ followers serving one another in the church. So do we serve those outside the church? Absolutely. We care about everyone everywhere, but God has given us a particular calling to care for and serve one another. 
So listen to how the apostle Paul puts it in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially let us do good to those who are of the household of faith. So Christians are to do good and serve everyone that we can, but we are to prioritize, especially prioritize our faith family or the household of faith. As Paul puts it here, use your gifts to serve one another. And again, the way we serve in the church is going to be different from one person to the next. Peter says, serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And the word for grace here is the same word translated gift in the previous verse. So he's still talking about spiritual gifts that we have. We are stewards of God's varied grace. In other words, God gives us a variety of gifts to serve within the body. And he mentions here sort of two broad categories of gifts in verse 11. After calling us to serve one another, he says, whoever speaks, as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. So the two large categories of gifting he refers to as speaking gifts and serving gifts. So speaking gifts would include teaching, evangelism, and exhortation. Service gifts would include giving, leading, or administrating mercy and helps. And we could look across the New Testament and see these different kinds of gifts mentioned. Now, there's a lot of fervor spent by Christians trying to figure out what are my spiritual gifts or what is my spiritual gift. And you can purchase spiritual gifts assessment and there are classes offered to figure out how God has gifted you. But it seems that we may have made this a little more complicated than it's meant to be. So here are a couple of more simple strategies for figuring out how God has gifted you. First, simply ask yourself, when someone presses your love button, how do you respond? In other words, what is your default automatic response to people who are in need? Are you especially sensitive to those who are suffering and drawn to people in pain with empathy and compassion? Well, it would seem you have the gift of mercy. Are you inclined to meet practical needs and naturally quick to volunteer your time to fix a leaky faucet, to prepare a meal, to offer a ride, to set up and tear down tables and chairs, organize a closet, and so on? Well, it sounds like you have the spiritual gift of helps. Are you happy to spend hours in prayer, lifting up the needs of others in petition before the Lord? Well, you likely have the gift of faith. So this is just a simple, straightforward analysis of your life and asking yourself, how are you most inclined to love people? Well, that's your spiritual gift because that's what spiritual gifts are all about, loving and serving our fellow Christ followers. Realize that God has gifted you and utilize the gift God has given you for the common good. Another important and simple procedure for figuring out your spiritual gift, not only ask yourself, how am I most inclined to love people, but ask other people, how 
They see you serving with joy and strength and effectiveness within the body of Christ. Ask someone who has observed your life and observed your service in the church, and they'll likely have a good sense of how you're gifted. So, for example, Pastor Gary here. Most of you probably know Pastor Gary. He founded this church and pastored it for two or three decades. I think it is easy to tell that he has the spiritual gift of evangelism. Gary has the spiritual gift of engaging non-Christians with the gospel. Because if you just look at his life, it's easy to tell. So the first time I met Gary was a few years ago when I was candidating for this job. And within the first 10 minutes that I met him, we were sitting down the street at Pueblo Viejo at the Mexican restaurant. Within the first few minutes, he was sharing the gospel with me, the guy who's candidating to pastor a church. So he doesn't assume anybody's saved. And he's just wired to share the gospel. And a few summers ago, we had a work day here at church. Pastor Gary helped coordinate it. Coordinate it. And he was here on Saturday morning as we worked. But we were all spreading mulch and pulling weeds and trimming trees. But Gary, as he was overseeing these projects, was spending most of his time pursuing conversations with the few people there who were not Christians yet. And I could just overhear him sharing his testimony with them and him asking them questions about where they're at with the Lord. And I could go on and on with examples like that from his life. So if Gary came to me and said, CT, help me out. I'm trying to figure out how I'm spiritually gifted. Well, I could say to him with confidence, you are gifted for evangelism. And the same is true with the people who have observed your life closely and your participation in the church. So ask them, how do you think I'm gifted to serve? How do you think I'm wired to contribute to the body of Christ and the mission of Christ at Woodside Lapeer? But regardless of how God has gifted you, regardless of how you are wired for service, Peter's main emphasis here is that we serve. We are to steward well the gifts of God in our life. You can waste your gifts. God the Holy Spirit has been poured out into your heart through faith in Christ, and you can waste the gifts he's given you. The Old Testament saints longed to see what happened on Pentecost. They longed to see the Holy Spirit poured out in this most powerful way that they didn't get to experience under the Old Covenant. They longed to see what we have seen. We are stewards of God's varied grace. The gifts He gives to us by the Holy Spirit and we can waste them. And so the Apostle says, be good stewards of God's varied grace. Utilize your gifts for the common good of God's people. So listen to how the Apostle Paul puts it here in Romans chapter 12. He's drawing an analogy between our physical bodies and the body of Christ. And he says this, for as in one body, we have many members, right? In our bodies, we have ears and eyes and mouths and chins and necks and chests and shoulders and knees and all sorts of stuff. For as in one body, 
we have many members and the members do not have the same function, right? Our ears don't do what our nose does and our nose doesn't do what our hands do. One body, many members, and the members do not have the same function. So we, though one body in Christ and individually members of one another, we are many. We are one body with many members who do many different things. And so he concludes there in verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Use your gift, Paul says. By the Spirit, you have talents. By the Spirit, you have abilities. By the Spirit, you have gifts that help the body of Christ function as it should. So use those talents and gifts and abilities to help this body function as it should. I don't know about you guys, if you've ever hurt your pinky toe, but in... You hardly even know you have it until you hurt it. Like if you're thinking like, there's one part of me that's expendable, it's my pinky toe. Like nobody's going to see it because I wear shoes. I'm not going to look weird. And I can probably still do everything I can do. But then you hurt your pinky toe or you lose your pinky toe and you're like, I need my pinky toe. I need my pinky toe to do what my pinky toe is supposed to do. Your pinky toe is very different from your brain. Man, I do not want to use my brain. Lose my brain. Excuse me. (laughs) Sometimes I don't use my brain. But I do want to use it. I don't want to lose it. But I don't want to lose my pinky toe either. And you might be here thinking, I'm a pinky toe Christian. I I don't have a whole lot to offer. God, the Holy Spirit, has gifted you and wired you the way he meant to. Whether you're a brain or a pinky toe, we are here so that the body of Christ can function in its full capacity. If you don't, we're limited. We're brainless. We're pinky toeless. And we're not going to accomplish all that God has for us in this church and in our community. Utilize your gifts for the common good. So he's given us three directions regarding God's call on our lives to serve. Realize that God gifts each of his people. Utilize your gifts for the common good. And finally, glorify Christ in service to others. Glorify Christ in service to others. So look once more at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. This is how important serving others through spiritual gifts are. It's about the glory of God. It's about the glory of Jesus. That's what's on the line. So listen to how he says it here. Use your gifts to serve. Use your spiritual gifts to serve. In order that, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So the apostle finishes his instruction on service by making this point. We are gifted to serve one another for the glory of Christ. Our service is not offered to make much of ourselves. Our gifts are not expressed to put ourselves on display. Rather, our service in the spirit to one another glorifies Jesus. 
puts him on display. So think about the many talent shows that have popped up over the last decade or so. American Idol is probably the most famous. There's also America's Got Talent and the related Britain's Got Talent and there's The Voice and X Factor and So You Think You Can Dance and on and on. These shows are about people using their gifts to elevate their platform, to get on TV, to become famous. And there's not anything necessarily wrong with that in the context of the entertainment industry, but when this mindset and this kind of ambition enters the church, we're off the mark. Our gifts are intended to increase not increase our fame. Our gifts are intended to increase Jesus' fame. Utilize your gifts to serve one another in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus because to him, not to us, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So what is your goal in offering service in the church? Are you wanting to be seen? Are you wanting to be popular and well-liked? Are you wanting to make a name for yourself? Or are you wanting Jesus to be seen? Are you wanting Jesus to be worshiped? Are you wanting Jesus to be exalted? He is worthy and we are his servants. He is beautiful and we are signposts pointing to his beauty through our service. He is humble, and we are imitating him and thus pointing to him through our humble service. Glorify Christ through service to one another. We are called to a life of active service in the body of Christ. Are you in the game? Are you utilizing your gifts? Are you glorifying Christ through active participation and service in the body of Christ? Well, if not, I want to tell you, today can be your day of committing to a life of service. Because we have plenty of opportunities here at Woodside Lapeer for you to get plugged in. And I want to share a few very practical steps you can take to make that happen. So first is, in just a couple of weeks, the first three Sundays of August, we're going to have this class called Next Steps. And it's a chance for you to learn about our church it's a chance for you to learn about some of our leaders, get to know them, to ask any questions you want about our church, to learn about our statement of faith, to learn about our philosophy of ministry, to learn about baptism. Any number of topics we'll cover in this class, including thoroughly discuss opportunities to serve. So this is a way to put it in writing and say, I'm in, I'm committed to this body of Christ so that we can serve one another. If you don't have any interest in membership or if you don't have any interest in Jesus yet, but you're just like, I'd still like to learn, wherever you're at, we'd love for you to be a part of this class. There's no cost, it's right after the service and we're gonna feed you. So we'd love for you to be there. It's gonna be upstairs, probably in the room outside of the kitchen, but it's a great chance for you to learn about our church and for you to commit to our church in that specific way. So next steps. And there's gonna be um, a web link in order for you to sign up. Woodsidebible.org slash Lapeer will help you find the way to sign up. But if you show up the day of, we're not gonna kick you out. 
So first three Sundays of August, would love for you to be there. The second thing is that we have a service sheet within your bulletin today. And I forgot to bring mine up because like I said before, I don't use my brain a lot. Um, There's a service sheet in your bulletin that you should have received whenever you walked in with all sorts of serving opportunities and serving needs, all sorts of ministries that are on here. Some of them are ministries that don't even exist yet, but we'd love to see them exist, especially if you're interested. So use this sheet, mark it up, let us know, circle the things you're interested in, share notes, whatever, um, and then fill it out, put your name, email, phone number, anything else that you wanna share. You can throw it in the offering box, you can leave it at the Connect desk on your way out, but this is a really helpful tool for you to let us know, here's how I can serve, here's how God's gifted me, here's the talents I have that I can contribute to the needs of the body of Christ here, to the mission of Christ here at Woodside Lapeer. So utilize that service sheet. A final thing that we're gonna do really practically is that when we leave here in the lobby, we're gonna have leaders from several different areas of ministry um, that are gonna be stationed in different spots throughout the lobby for you to meet them, get to know them, ask them any questions just face-to-face. And also there will be a sign-up sheet at each one of the tables that they're standing at for you, again, to share your name, to share your phone number, any other information so that we can follow up with you and help you get plugged in. Scott's gonna be there for safety and security. Caleb's gonna be there for our Connect hospitality team. Ben's gonna be there with worship leadership. Uh, Corey's gonna be there for kids ministry. Jim's gonna be there for prayer ministry. Um, And we'd love to have you just come out, hang out, ask questions, share your information, and we'd love to help you take the next steps of service within the body of Christ. But the first step, the most foundational step in committing to a life of service is not merely signing up for a task or filling out a need. The first step is to believe and to see how God has served us in Christ. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus says that he came not to be served. Jesus came not to be served. He says, I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. So what humble service, what a difficult calling. Jesus served us by dying the death that we deserved. Jesus has served us by giving his life up as a ransom in order to free us from slavery to sin. And as we more and more internalize this good news that Jesus served me, then we want to be like him. So let's follow Christ and be transformed into humble servants like him. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Father of glory, we come before you in the name of the Lord of glory, the eternal one, the Lord Jesus. God, we've come together to exalt him. We've come together to rejoice in him. We've come together to magnify Christ. God, thank you so much for the call of the gospel that the Lord stepped into time 
in order to free us, redeem us from the curse of sin through serving us, through caring for us, through sacrifice for him, through laying down his life. And so, Father, we pray that you would now, as we seek you, as we worship you, make us more like him. May our lives be a reflection of Jesus to our community. Lord, this is what we long for. This is what we're here for. Not to us be glory and honor and dominion forever. No, God, to you. So God, be glorified as we seek you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.